with Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Sealing God's People, Apocalyptic Sealing of Revelation 7. Are we in the last of the last days? Is there kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation? And famine, pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places? All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs for the church to bring forth Christ, to bring forth the man-child, God of begotten to his throne. Not a rapture, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who is the Lord revealing it to? To those that have a pure heart. And the day you search for God with all your heart is the day you'll find him. But we're finding that there's one body. One body, if there's one body, which is the church, members in particular, then why are there over 23,000 church denominations on the face of the earth under so-called Christianity. They were first called Christians at Antioch. It took them some 28 years. But now we have instant Christians. Take the preacher's hand and automatically you're Christ-like. It takes the experience growing from babies, newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. But they can't stop there. Well, that's according to being born of the water and the spirit of John 3 that Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how's a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Now that's not perfection. That's not full grown. That is born again as newborn babies, which are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Paul states that in Hebrews 5. Well, we grow by that sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And not a novice, lest being lifted up by pride, he falls in the condemnation of the devil. Many think, well, you know, I'm called to preach. Grab a camera or use your phone and get to preaching. Go on TikTok. Go on uh, Instagram. Go on uh, YouTube. I'll start preaching. <laughs> and uh, not, not being in the body of Christ, subjecting one of themselves to another, safety in a multitude of counselors, and then they make shipwreck and wonder why. Or what's even worse is they become uh, pride, haughty, and think that there's some great leaders in God where they're nothing but missing the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Terrible state of affairs. So we're subject one to another. We're condescending men of low estate and the servant of all and broken of a contrite spirit, that this man will the Lord search. He'll seek for that man. Here in the last days, we have evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. We have iniquity taking the land, lawlessness. That, that civil law of the land in all nations is being compromised, which is iniquity. The Word of God calls it iniquity, which is lawlessness. And when that which is 
perfect to come, and all these things which are in part will be done away with. But until then, iniquity will abound. Because of that, love of the love of many will wax cold. What is iniquity? It's lawlessness. And we find it in Second Thessalonians 2 that concerning the coming of our Lord and our gathering together unto him, the so-called rapture, that you may not soon shake it in mind or letters from us, Paul said, for that day, that day of Christ, are gathered together unto him in the air. That day won't come until it come a falling away first. The man of sin be revealed. Revealed? Yes. And all will know. He will cleave to them with flatteries. By peace shall destroy many. He will be so-called world's answer to all global problems. And he will deceive the whole world. All nations will be deceived by the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the woman, the false doctrine of the church, Babylon, said, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. I will have no birth pangs. I'll have no sufferings. There will be no cross that I carry to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. The Holy Ghost literally, literally leading and guiding into all truth through tribulation and worketh patience, patience that worketh experience, and experience that worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But Babylon sets upon a doctrine of a scarlet-colored beast. The scarlet-colored beast is a number of a man. It's the number of the beast. And it is 603 score and 6, which in the Greek is Kizi Stigma. He did not write 603 score and 6. He wrote Ki, C-H-I, Z-X-I, Stigma, which is uh, Ki, Christ, the Spirit of God, 60, Rebellion. That's the reason the image to the beast in Daniel 3 is 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide. And that is that Jesus Christ in against that rebellion against Christ, stigma six, which is mankind or flesh, stating very simply the number of his name, let him hath, hath wisdom, count the number of the beast, reckon it up, for it's the number of a man. And that man is not 888, Jesus which is the only name in the Word of God, the Jesus, that will give you 888 new beginnings. The man, Christ Jesus, made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit. This falls short, way short. Kizi stigma. Key, Christ, Jesus. 60 is not stigma. Come in the flesh. Kizi stigma says that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh and is that spirit of Antichrist. And we find that it deceives the whole world. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So as we talk about the historical doctrines of the church, why do we believe what we believe? Well, in 325 A.D., we have the Council of Nicaea, who came with a Nicene Creed at an ecumenical council, literally done by Constantine. 
emperor of Rome. And he knew that a nation divided couldn't stand the Christians worshiping the Son of God and the Romans worshiping the Son God. And he held an ecumenical council, all the presbyters, the bishops, the archbishops, all of them came. And because they came, it was considered to be the truth because it was a synod, an ecumenical council of the priests. Therefore, it went down as truth. This is the truth. You cannot come against it. It's what man has devised, cunningly devised fables in a Trinity doctrine. 325 A.D., the Council of Nicaea stated there's three persons in the Godhead. Then, as it went on, talking about the Padre, the Spirit of Filio, and the Spirit of Desanti, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then we go to the Council of Chalcedon, 451 A.D. Here, it went on to the the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And what relationship to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as to this Christ, this revelation of Christ. And it still misses the mark. It said that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, the Godhead was literally begotten before the foundation of the world. Huh. So we have a God Jr. somehow or other that's begotten before the foundation of the world for the Son of God according to his Godhead. The Son of God is the Father revealed, not the Son and the second person of the Godhead. So Christ has always been attacked as an antichrist, that there is only but one, the Holy One of Israel. He is that servant. He is that man. Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, not denominations. But what we have done in all denominations throughout the world, in Trinity, binitarian, binary, the Lord said unto my Lord, being a tunis doctrine, and then a oneness doctrine that states there one spirit was in the man Christ Jesus in the days of his flesh, and even in his glorification, the man is not God, but is at the right hand of God, and the spirit is still in him. And he's still reconciling the world to himself by this spirit through the man sitting at the right hand of God, which is basically a binitarian Tunis doctrine, not giving the man, Christ Jesus, the glory of the Father. But there is the truth. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three, not a oneness doctrine. Because when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, is what he wrought to usward, the body of Christ. Ephesians 1. He did not use a physical right hand, chire. C-H-E-I-R. He used a Greek word, dexios, exaltation. Exalted simply means that Jesus Christ was exalted. David said, God is always at my right hand. In other words, he's always exalted to me. Not that he's always following David at his right hand. Now, why did God speak in these Proverbs? Why would he say that? 
because only the pure in heart will see God. Only when you seek God with all your heart will you find him. He spoke in these Proverbs, but he said, Now, John 16, I'll no more speak in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly of the Father. Jesus stated, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He claimed to be the Father, John 8, 24. John 16, he claimed that he is and knows all things, being glorified by the Father's own self. And he says, In that day, I'm not speaking to you in Proverbs. I'm showing you plainly the Father, and I am the Father, Jesus said. And he said, now you ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because in his glorification, the Father has loved him and given him all things. The man Christ Jesus is the Father revealed. Always has been and always will be the Father. But he emptied out of glory made himself of no reputation to become a man, to wrought salvation for us in the days of his flesh. That is God humiliated, humbled to become a man. Still God, he just makes himself of no reputation to work as a man. But after his death, burial, and resurrection, he wants that glory back in John seventeen five, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. How are you going? Back to God's own self with the glory he had with him before he put it off, before the foundation of the world, John 17, 5. And when you understand that doctrine of Christ, that Christ is God and took on a body of flesh and blood as a man, Christ, behooved him to suffer, death, burial, and resurrection, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name and after his death, burial, and resurrection to enter into his glory. And after that, death, burial, and resurrection and entering into Christ's own glory, his glory, then repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name, Luke tells us in his gospel. Well, all that we know in 90% are 99% of Protestant churches throughout the world. We still have the doctrine of the God-man being a second person of the, of the Trinity and not one, not one with God, not one being God, not the sole unique Yaquid son of God who is God manifest in the flesh, God with us, not a son of God with us, God with us, the everlasting father. And those that claim to have that doctrine in the oneness denominations claim that he's at the right hand of God, but he is that spirit, that flesh and bone that Jesus is now cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Therefore, he's at the right hand of God in a glorified body that the man is not the quickening spirit 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That last Adam, Jesus Christ, that man was made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit. How do we know that? 2 Corinthians three seventeen tells us. The Lord, which is Jesus Christ, is that spirit, capital S. He is that God. He is the Father of the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. In the days of his flesh, 
He laid aside his glory to work as a man. After the death, burial, and resurrection, and his glorification went back to his former glory. So we have a humiliation and a glorification. In his glorification, he's God. Always has been God, always will be God. In his humiliation, he humbled himself to be a man to redeem us under the law. Then went back to his former glory. It's just that simple. There's only one. Well, because that many have gone after the God-man there in the days of his flesh, that Jesus Christ, whenever he was walking on the water, he was God. But when he was weary with his journey, he was a man. And he's switching from God to man, a man to God, and that's a lie. In the days of his flesh, he was a fleshly man just like you and just like me to redeem us that were under the law. In his glorification, he went back to the glory of the Father. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. You want to see God's glory? Look at Jesus. He's the only begotten Son of God. He is the monogamous theos, the only begotten God. He is the monogamous that Yaqid, the only begotten one, so unique, solitary, only one of a kind. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. God manifests in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Many have erred following their pernicious ways, being handed down through tradition of the elders that's made the word of God in that effect. Following their pernicious ways, been handed to us through history and a historical account of the doctrine of Christ being a trinity. And God is correcting that now. In the revelation of Jesus Christ, God's judgment will reveal only one, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto nor see, nor can see. He is that almighty God. Revelation of Jesus Christ is simply that. And he's going to reveal it through his judgments. For when the judgments are here, it's not to literally destroy mankind. It's to or for all to know that we will all know from the least to the greatest that he is God. For all shall know him from the least to the greatest. That you may know that I am God and there is not another. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, God said. I do all these things. Beside me there is no other Savior. There is no God, Junior. There is no Spirit, Junior. The Lord Jesus is that Spirit. And he says so in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have his treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that I am that I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, the body of Christ, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, the word of God, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, progressive glorification, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So Jesus is coming back for a perfect, spotless, blameless church in the perfect image 
in the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Nothing short of that's going in. Therefore, in that time of the winter and in that Sabbath, when there's great tribulation upon the earth, there will be two wings of a great eagle where given to the church, the body, the body of Christ, where we will fly into the wilderness, not raptured, fly into the wilderness, where we have a place prepared of God where we're nourished from the face of the serpent, the Antichrist, that great red dragon, the old devil, the serpent, the scorpion, where we're nourished from the face of that serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. The time is now. Somebody said, well, what do I do? Well, first thing is seek God on your own. Pull out your Bible, knock the dust off. Read it for yourself. And you'll see there's only one God. And then when you do that and present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, be not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. God will show you what his perfect will for you is. And it's only by doing the perfect will of God in your life that we have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stated in Matthew 7, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, I confess you, Lord, not only that, these are the ones that have literally been born again. They just didn't go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus. Jesus stated, Not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Lord, Lord is Jehovah God Almighty, knowing that Jesus is the Father of glory. And there are four stages of growth there. The newborn babes, they desire and sincere milk of the word, they may grow thereby, but they're babies. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They're born of the water and the spirit, according to Acts 2.38. How are you born of the water and the spirit? Peter, having the keys to the kingdom, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, for the promises unto you and to your children, to as many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's still calling today. But soon that door will be closed and the dispensation of grace will be over. And when that happens, judgment will fall. Then the wrath of God will going into the dispensation of the kingdom age, of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So the elders, the tradition of the elders, have made the word of God to none effect. What does that mean? The tradition of the elders. They're going back to the old ways. Instead of pushing forward, they put a tradition on there. They build up groves where God used to move. God did used to move here. God used to do, and we had a great move of God here, but not pressing toward the mark, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, not pressing 
toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Falling short of the mark. Paul put it this way in Hebrews 4. Take heed, lest a promise, a singular one promise, slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering to his rest, into entering into his Sabbath, into enter, entering into the eternal Sabbaths, the Sabbatical. Sabbatical, that eternal Sabbath, still remains a rest to the people of God. For as Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. The day is coming and now is. The time is coming and now is. That is right now, present, and is in the future. The time is coming and now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, which is progressive, proceeding, voice, proceeding, word of God, living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Those that hear will live. And that voice is now speaking. The voice of the Son of God is speaking in Revelation the second and Revelation the third chapter to the overcomers. Well, those are not little babies. Those are not just little children. You see, the babies are born of the water and the Spirit, according to Acts 2.38. Then they go to little children. They go from babies to little children. Why are they little children? 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I'm writing you little children because you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. Jesus said, if you had known me, uh, John 8, 13 through 27, if you had known me, you should have known the Father. From henceforth you both know him and have seen him. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. If I were the finger of God, cast out devils. Know ye the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. I and my Father are one. Same spirit, John 10, 30. Jesus stated that he is the Father of glory, John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. Those are not full grown. They're just little children. And most will say, well, I'm saved, sanctified, Brother Beard. I don't want anything else. I'm at ease in Zion. God, Jesus said, I will search Jerusalem, my church, with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. They're not stirred up. They're not pressing toward the mark. They're not pressing toward that mark, that, uh, that tav, the final A to Z, the final consummation of growing up into him in all things and being not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. All things is all truth. And we are to be guided and led by the Holy Ghost into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Because when that which is perfect has come, now we only know in part. But then we will know even as we're known of him. And everything that which is in part will be done away with. That is what God is calling the church now. Somebody says, well, we don't preach that. What you'll have to do is God has never used that denomination ever to bring forth a revival. 
It's always been a band of believers that will believe him. A man that'll believe. And he'll reveal to that man, to that servant of the Lord, his present flowing truth of the word of God. And we'll send them out, just as he did Moses to the children of Israel, just like he did the prophets, just like he did the apostles, just like he did the church in Acts the 8th chapter. The whole Jerusalem was so much tribulation and persecution that there abode in Jerusalem only the apostles. Why? Because the saints were scattered abroad. All the believers were scattered abroad everywhere and went preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And these that have turned the world upside down in the former reign have come to our city also. And now what God is doing, preparing his body for, bring him into one, those that will come out of denominations, those that will come out of man-made doctrines and come into the truth, the proceeding word of God. Somebody said, well, if I do that, I'll be alone. Yes. You'll be in the wilderness where it'll be you and your Lord and you'll learn the voice of God. You'll know that he's real. It is something that you dedicate and consecrate yourself to the truth. How do you do that? You present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. You're not conformed to this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the mind of Christ. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. Because if we don't do the will of God, he said in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in the Constitution for the kingdom of heaven, you won't be able to enter in. Neither will I. No one will be able to to enter in except they've done the will of God. And with that, Jesus said, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord. Those are not only the little babes, the newborn babies. They are the little children that know he's the Father, calling him Lord, Lord. And no man can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Kyrios in the Greek, except it be led of the Holy Ghost. No man calls Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Well, these are little children, but still they haven't grown. Two young men. I run to you young men. Why? Because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Overcome the wicked one? That means you're an overcomer. That's given to us in Revelation 2nd and Revelation 3rd chapter. God's doing that now. It's in preparation of the apocalyptic sealing. In Revelation 7, in the mind of Christ. And without that seal, no one will be able to stand. We have to have it. It's essential for salvation. Somebody said, well, I've got all the whole gospel to the whole world. The whole gospel to the whole world is Acts 2.38. No, it's not. Jesus went about preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is... Uh, the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, to the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is in a full, perfect image of Jesus. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, that same glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. 
that as he is, so are we in this present evil world. But somebody said, that's impossible. Well, that's what we're told through denominations and tradition of the elders, which has made the word of God a none effect. They gather for corn and wine and shout, none considering the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is what we're all called for in Ephesians 4, 11 through, through 14. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. That's, that's the fullness. That's coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus. That's coming to full-grown, mature, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Be established, literally, weaned from the milk and eating strong meat. They're skillful in the word of righteousness. They know the work of the ministry, and they're prepared, and only the ones that come out and be separate. Somebody said, well, that's the world. Yeah, it's also the worldly church. Don't be deceived. Pray and seek the Lord your God. See if it's so. Because of the ones that don't move and do the will of God for their individual, individual lives. Doing his will for their member in particular, the individual believer's life, will not be able to enter in. Somebody, that's hard, Brother Beard. It's the truth. Jesus said, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. But only those that do the will of God. They will profess unto Jesus then. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We were a denomination of believers. We, we prophesied in your name. We were working in the gifts. We've cast out devils in your name. Still, they didn't do the will of God, though. And that's when Jesus said, Depart from me. Depart from me. I never knew you. Oh, my those are frightful words. They thought they were right with God. They were virgins. But they were ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. The five wise had oil for their lamps. That's the truth of the word. The Holy Ghost is the fire that lights it. The five foolish virgins, they were in denominations too. But they hadn't got the oil for their lamps. They had oil, just not enough. They had partial truth, just not enough. They were Acts 2.38 believers, just not enough. They were born again of the water and spirit, not enough. They knew he's the father, still not enough. Oh my God, then who can be saved? You have to grow up in him in all things. Let him guide him into all truth. And Jesus stated right there, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. You didn't do the will? You meant I had to do the will of God? You see, in every individual believer, God, it is God that's working in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, not what you think you're called to do, but you've proved that perfect and good will of God in your life. You've made your calling and election sure and accomplished that and obtained 
that will of God in your life. By doing so, he will say, well done, you did it. Well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That's Matthew 7, the greatest sermon ever preached, Sermon on the Mount, which is the constitution for the kingdom of heaven. There it didn't say, well, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It didn't say, pray fast. Those are things that we have to do to grow. But it tells us what full-grown, mature, winged from the milk, a full-age, believers that are going to be able to enter in. And Jesus preached it and said in Matthew 5, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He requires it. And that's through obedience unto righteousness in doing the will of God. And that's the reason why in Ephesus, Smyrna, in Pergamos, Thyatira, in Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Look at Sardis. Revelation 3, he said, Sardis, every church, he says, I know thy works. What's he looking? He's looking for works that accompany salvation unto perfection. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Faithful thy works is dead being alone. That you may cease from your labors and your works do follow you. He said that the church at Sardis, Revelation 3, I know thy works, and I have not found them perfect. You haven't grown under perfection unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. You see whom he foreknew, all of the believers in God. Them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, not just to say I'm a newborn baby or I'm a little child, not even young men, but fathers, full-grown, weaned from the milk. Those that he did predestinate to be conformed to the exact image of Jesus Christ according to whatever God has worked in you to become, to do his will. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. And them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's our calling. Denominations won't get us there. Only the Holy Ghost will. We have to have a fivefold to get us there. For he gave some apostles. What he said first in the church, bishops? No. He first said in the church, apostles. A bishop is nothing more than an elder in the church. Because the bishops and elders, this exact thing, for a bishop must be blameless. Ordaining elders, elders in each church, Titus, the first chapter, one of the same. But we have man-made so-called bishops that's supposed to be head of the even the apostles. Totally out of the word of God. It's not in the government of God. We've missed it. Therefore, God is doing a correction. Come and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, which we're in now, he will raise us up. We'll be called up to God to his throne. We will 
be nourished from the face of the serpent. We will add to our faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, 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 brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, which is the bond of perfectness and will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is not love, but the love for God in doing his will. There's a difference in charity and love. Charity is based in doing God's will Though we love him, we keep his commandments and have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19, 10. Will the denominations lead us in? The answer is no. Will the Holy Ghost lead you in? The answer is yes. The choice is yours. God right now is calling leaders out all over the world, through the nations, into one body, not a denomination. When we find, and I'm going to read you a scripture, and we're going to see heresies, which is the Greek, hierarchy, which is our persuasions to choose, prefer a personal choice, self-interest, a party or school of thought. That's denominations, friend. And the nomination was never ordained of God. He never did say, call it now a certain flavor. Never did. Now the ones that will have enough will of God to seek him and say, God, I'll follow you whithersoever you lead me. Those are the ones that he's going to use in the work of the ministry. Those are the ones that will grow up into him in all things. Those are the ones that will go from little children to young men by the word of God being strong in them and doing the will of God in their life. Then they will be the ones that will have the apocalyptic seal or the Revelation 7 seal of God in their foreheads which is not a literal Sabbath of keeping the Sabbath. It was, it's the winter and in the Sabbath day, which is the eternal sabbatical of Hebrews 4 that we will enter into. There, that mind of Christ is essential for us in this growth to be men of and women of full age, weaned from the milk. Perfect. Perfect. In, in the Lord Jesus Christ, not of our own works of the law, which we have done in our own righteousness, but the righteousness of God by faith in obedience unto righteousness, which yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. It says here, Paul said, for first of all, when you come together in the church, the local church in Corinth. I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Now, divisions. This and believes that, that and believes that, and there's contention and strife, even malice toward one another. For there must be also heresies. Heresies are personal choices. Some say, 
I'm of Paul. The other says, I'm of, I'm of Apollos. Others, I'm of Cephas. I'm of Peter. No. You're either in Christ or not. You're either doing his will or you're not. Then Paul planted Apollos water, but God gives the increase. He said, Paul is nothing, Apollos is nothing. The silver tongue orator of Alexandria, Apollos and Paul. Nothing but instruments of God. We must be led of the Holy Ghost. We must learn and obey his voice. And many do not understand and know his voice because the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. They bring forth no fruits unto perfection. They're told you can't be perfect. The church world says, just be a good little believer, pay your tithes, and stay on the fundamentals. When it's exactly opposite of what Paul said in Hebrews 6. Leaving there the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God. Repentance from dead works. That's where most stop right there. In the doctrine of baptisms, well, we have the apostolics. Holiness churches. Doctrine of baptism, of laying on the hands, and of the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and to a perfect man. That is what God has called us for now. And He's sealing those, sealing the people, the servants of God, in their forehead for the ones that will go on and obey God in present truth. Not through a denomination, which will be organized of man. And we find in Hebrews 12, the Lord had promised, He will not shake earth only, as He did in the days of Moses, bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. Mount Sinai burned with fire as the Lord descended upon it. The smoke went up the mountain, and the voice of the Lord spoke. Moses said, I am exceedingly exceedingly terror. His knees were knocking. And that how great that was then. God has promised he shakes not only the earth only. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. This is such a great, a great move of God. But that won't even come into mind compared to what God is doing now in these last days. And very few even have an ear to hear. They think we're okay. We go to church, we give a tithe, fast twice a week, we're, we're okay. None considering the work of the ministry. <laughs> the Lord hath promised, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but I'm going to shake heaven. That all that can be shaken may be removed. Removed what? As of things that are made. Any man-made doctrine, all these thousands of denominations, God said, I'm going to destroy them all. I'm going to bring my people out into one God. In a revelation of Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life. I'm going to use seals, trumpets, and vials and judgments of God for all to know me from the least to the greatest. Because the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover this whole earth as the waters cover the seas. And all will know him when the Lord does this. For thy judgments are made manifest in the earth. Can you wait till then? No. Then it'll be too late. You have to get the oil in your lamp now. 
while the cry is still, the bridegroom is coming. He cometh. That's the time to get the oil in the lamp. Because after he comes, and somebody says, well, when I, when I see this, I'll believe it. Well, it'll be too late then. Because uh, the five foolish virgins, along with the five wives, the bridegroom came, and they all went out to meet him. All of them thought they were ready. The five wives trimmed their lamps, and they were lit. So did the foolish. But because the foolish did not have the oil of truth in their lamps, it went out. They didn't have it. They didn't have enough. Get all you can and can all you get, neighbor, because we're going to have to have olive to stand in the day. We have to get that and receive it and obtain the word now. God is sealing his people now by his word, and it's only through the word of God. Somebody said, well, what denomination do you belong to? None. Somebody said, Don't it, didn't you founder the Jesus Christ International Church? Yes, but it's not a denomination. It is a fellowship. The church at Jerusalem never literally oversaw the churches throughout Asia, throughout the Word of God. They only met at Jerusalem with Paul and Peter there about the, the Greek or the heathen being circumcised lest they if they weren't circumcised in a physical circumcision, they said they're not saved. And this circumcision that was brought to Antioch, then from Jerusalem, that's falsehood, was sent back to Jerusalem because that's where it originated, not because Jerusalem oversaw all the churches. James was a pastor there. And... Peter gave his account how God had sent him to the Gentiles, Cornelius' house in Acts 10. Paul also gives his account as an apostle to the Gentiles. And then James goes up, and then the whole church, the entire church, gave an agreement that they would send apostles and some prophets over to Antioch, not requiring anything except to abstain things from strangled from meats and, and to stay in the word of God in prayer. And, and abstain from blood. And that was it. Not because Jerusalem, the church of Jerusalem, the Jains, had the oversight of all churches. No. Paul said, ordain elders in each church, Titus, Timothy, do the same. As you've been instructed. Those elders are the pastors that oversee the church. Acts twenty twenty eight, Take heed to yourselves. And over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Who's the overseers? The church at Jerusalem? No, you, the individual, elders and pastors, that shepherd his sheep. Feed the church of God. Who has made overseers over his church to feed the church of God? Feed it. Shepherd that, that local body of Christ, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Well, that means the local church has its own governing body. Now, sure, they're subject to one another. There, they were, they were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that went to these churches. Paul said, being absent with you 
in body and present with you. Church at Corinth, that thinks such as one that's done this evil deed and turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that he might be saved in the day of the Lord. The Holy Ghost moving there, not one local church as a central location, literally having the legal administration over all churches, calling them on the carpet and requiring them to do a certain thing from a centralized location, Jerusalem. No. The local elders are ordained for that local body. And therefore, the church, Jesus Christ International Church, is a fellowship of simply one God believers there for a fellowship. Some ministers requiring licenses in various nations or they can't preach. But we do not at the Jesus Christ International Church oversee their local churches. Neither do we handle their responsibilities financially. It's simply a fellowship there from one to another. See, we're walking in the light as he's in the light, having a fellowship one with another. Jesus Christ International Church is a fellowship, not a denomination. Why? Because the denomination was never ordained of God. It's a heresy. It is a why? Take a look. Paul said, for there must be heresies. Heresies, denominations among you. A different a denomination. If you have denominations of money in your wallet, $1 bills, $5 bills, $10 bills, $50 bills, $100 bills, they're different denominations. They're not the same. Well, well they say, well, it's all money. Yeah, it's mammon. It works there, but it doesn't work in God. In God, it's the leading of the Holy Ghost, simply. You either for or against, gather or scatter. It's nothing, well, we got this denomination, that, but all of them are going. No. God has one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, Father of all, and in us all. That is the truth. And God is calling his people out now. And those who want to stay in the denomination, God bless you. But God's dealing with you for more. Then look for the leading of the Holy Ghost. And wherever the Holy Ghost leads you, go. Because he is going to work in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Why these denominations? Why these heresies? Well, it says here, these heresies, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Not for God, not among God not approved of God, but those that may be made manifest among you. These are the ones that you follow. Somebody said, they're of Paul, they're of Cephas, they're of Apollos. Paul said, no, that you've missed it. That's not what it's about. It's about leading and following the leading of the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ in you, that Christ in you leading and guiding you in all truth to do his will and where he sends you in that one body, not a denomination, one body, members in particular, but not a man-made denomination telling you what you can and can't do. You have an unction from the Holy One, John, 1 John 2.20. You have an unction from the Holy One, Christ in you, the Holy Ghost. 
and you have no need that any man teach you. Well, somebody said there's a possible prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Yes. Therefore, your benefit. Therefore, you as servants to pop the rags, shine your shoes, to help you, encourage you, and to perfect you for the perfecting of the saints. Not to lord over you. Not to tell you what you can and can't do. But simply to lead you in the Holy Ghost as examples. Paul said, if you preach, thou shalt not steal. Do you steal? You've got to be first partaker of the fruits. And he that's striving for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. And be not many masters among you. Be not many of these that want to be preachers and, and uh, ministers of God. Why? For we shall receive the greater condemnation. God requires more of the minister than he does the laity. But he requires all to do his will. To be very clear, if we don't do each individual member that does, does not do his will in your particular life, he will not allow you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Somebody says, oh, that's hard. No, it's not. It's the word of God. So we must do his will. Why does the denominations do it? Because those which are approved among you, approved among their denominations, may be manifest, made manifest, so you can see them all. Here's brother so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, and here they go. They're approved among you, and they're not approved of God. Somebody said, well, they say, thus saith the Lord. Yes, and look at the prophets of Baal. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Cleaving to you with flatteries. Thy peace shall destroy many. I'm saying there are true apostles, true prophets, true evangelists, true pastors and teachers, but they all are led of the Holy Ghost, not a denominational body telling them what to do. They're led of the Holy Ghost. And because of that, they are sold out to follow Jesus, not a denomination. So seek the Lord on these things. It is your life. Shake you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Those that are proved among you, those there are left up in their own denominationals and heresies cause divisions. Paul said it's a division in the body of Christ. You shouldn't have that barrier. So on the last days, God will break down the barriers. You don't have to worry about denominational walls. They're all coming down. He says so in Hebrews 12. The Lord hath promised, yet once more he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed, removing those as of things that are made, not things of God, but the things that are man-made. He's going to get rid of them. Man-made doctrines, he's going to get rid of them. Theologies, different apologetics, catechisms and chisms that, uh, that is man-made. He said, I'm going to destroy them all. I'm going to remove all of them. See there, he said, the things that are made, so the things that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Seeing then that we and the, the individual believers in the true God, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, grace that reigns through righteousness, through our obedience unto righteousness, obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6, growing in grace. Let us have grace. Through that obedience we've done, let us have grace. 
whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And this consuming fire, this consumption decreed upon all the earth will overflow in righteousness. Everyone that's left in the land will know him from the least to the greatest. Are we against denominations? Not against anybody. Not against any business. Not against anything they want to do out there. We're for God. We're for you. We don't want yours. We're after you. We're not after your money. We want you. God's simply pulling his body together, which the bone to bone, whichever joint supplies for the edifying of itself in love. God's building it. If God's dealing with you, then be sure, follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. You can't go wrong. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. And whom the Son of God has made free is free indeed. Well, until the next time, let me ask you, write to us, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. you have questions, drop us a line, a message. You can do it on our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We would love to have any questions that you have. Do our best to answer them for you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.